0: The Toby Gribbin Show Highlights. Hold
1: up.
0: We've got Massimo Parlermo here with us now. How are you doing
2: today? Fantastic. How are you doing?
0: Yes, I'm doing fantastic. Also, not really much to complain about. That's good. (laughs) Yes. Now, your latest book that you've got out at the moment is called Desire for Love. So can you just describe the basic plots of that book for us, first of all, for people that
2: might not know about it? Sure, Uh, no problem. Uh, It's uh, about uh, a book about, uh, it's about the main character's name, Gianni Martino. Mm -hmm. It takes place over four decades of his life, uh, starting from his early teens. And and he comes across this sudden transformation physically, and also how people began to treat him differently. And he had to overcome his shyness and adapt to his transformation and begin building his confidence to approach uh, and ask a girl out on a date. Mm. As the story progresses, and as does the character, and becomes more confident, he begins to overcome his obstacles of being shy. As he got older, his goal was to settle down with one woman, get married, and have a family. However, through the book, he falls into this bachelor lifestyle, leading this life that he did not want. And he tries to pull himself together and try to get back to that uh, original goal of having to settle down.
0: Yeah, and how did you first get the idea to write this book? What was the inspiration?
2: Uh, the inspiration, I would say, was uh, all through my uh, through my life as a, as a as a bachelor. I had men would tell me, "You are so lucky. You know, you're not married. You know, yeah. you can date all kinds of you know different kinds of women." And and women would always say. Uh, you know, why haven't you been uh, married? You know, how come you've, you know, you're still single. You're such a good catch. And so I I wrote this book to kind of explain as to, you know, what led to someone leading a bachelor lifestyle and not necessarily by choice, but it just happened to happen. And so I wrote the book to try to kind of give the viewpoint of a bachelor as to why uh, he has this trouble of staying as a bachelor. And uh, so, you know, you know, people who are bachelors tend to, you know, end up getting a stigma. Yeah. because still you know, they can't commit or you know, they're they're players and whatnot. So I try to write the book to try to explain it's not necessarily what everyone thinks it is.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's great to explain things from that viewpoint because right I suppose people might think that bachelors are somehow a little bit different. I suppose it's like spinster, you're you're gonna right. be a maid forever and stuff like that. Right. It's like old right. fashioned. Yeah, that's stigma. Right. Yeah so how long did the book
2: take you to write um so last summer uh during the COVID 19 lockdowns i sat down and i began writing uh, it took me uh, a few months to write it i really had it written in my in my mind for for a, a lot of years i just finally basically sat down and you know took some time and actually wrote it down so i had the idea in my mind for a long time so it didn't take me too long to write.
0: Yeah. And I guess having an idea is just really helpful. Do you feel that when you're writing the book, you know where it's going to end up or does it develop along the way?
2: Oh, that's a great question. And actually I struggled with the end Yeah. because I did base the book on my own experiences. So the very end of the, of the book was the most difficult for me. But once mm. I figured out, once I figured out how I wanted to end the book, uh, I tried to match up. So the ending of the book would definitely be what what someone would never expect the ending the way it ended. Yeah. And, but it's also very fitting for the character and the way the book has, was written because so many crazy things are, you know, happened in this, in this guy's life hmm. that the, the final ending that i made the book or for Desireful Love definitely fits is very fitting. Hmm. So yeah, that's uh you know, that's a great question. That's, and that's how I came up with it. It's just as I was writing it halfway through then I, figured out how the ending I was going to write the ending
0: yeah absolutely so when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer in the first place
2: well I I think that goes back to when I was in high school as a senior uh I was a c average student right I wasn't one of those kids that wanted to get straight a's and whatnot and I just did enough to get by you know I was good in a couple classes like uh history uh but English was not my forte so anyway we were given a project in english and we were given the project of writing a paper so i wrote the paper handed it in figuring here we go i'm going to get another c right yeah so i got i got the paper back you know teacher was handing back the papers and as the teacher was handing me back my paper he made the comment congratulations i don't normally give up high marks for such a project wow and i look and there was an a so then wow. i started thinking to myself hey you know, maybe I have more, there's more to my writing skills than I was giving my credits, uh, myself credit for. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I guess something like that that happens when you're really young, it just right. gives you a lot of confidence that, you know, exactly. young people probably disproportionately lack confidence.
2: Right, right, exactly. And yeah, that, that definitely was a, uh... I guess you could say a launching pad for my confidence in my writing skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: So, when you write a book, how do you go about researching your information? Is it a combination of your experiences and research, perhaps?
2: Uh, in this case, uh, the couple books I've written so far has really been mainly my my experiences at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if I was to write uh, another book, a different type of book, like a historical book, then I would definitely do more. Uh, research but in mm. this case uh, it's a fictional tale and I based it on uh, my own experiences and I kind of took that and yeah. kind of wrote it up.
0: But do you find that even though it's based on your experience you might at some point have to do a tiny bit of research? Oh
2: sure, sure, I mean yeah. I did do a little bit of research uh, mm. as far as like, you know, like I, I quote a lot of music uh, yeah. songs in my books so I had to do a lot of research about who wrote it, what year and stuff like that so I did do some research as far as that goes You know, that uh, perspective of the book Uh, and and other things. I looked up other stuff like, you know, just as references, just Mm. to kind of like help me build my uh, build the book or the story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what do you do when you're not writing? Do you have fun things that take up all your time?
2: Oh, sure. Absolutely. I like to hang out with my family and friends. I like to play golf. I like to travel. And then, you know, I also like to dine out with friends and family. And yeah. lately I've been sharpening my cooking skills. Uh, my non-Italian friends have always uh, said that, hey, you know, your mother's from the old country. You probably got a lot of delicious meals from her cooking. And and absolutely, my mom is a good cook. Mm. And uh, though I would never try to compare my cooking to her cooking, yeah. uh, I would definitely say her. I can never cook as well as what she cooks.
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Her dishes, but I can definitely say my own cooking and my own dishes are you know, my own thing and we're not I would never want to compare my cooking.
0: Yeah. And has the lockdown helped with the home cooking thing, I suppose? Because a lot of people have been getting into that.
2: Yeah, actually it has. I found myself uh cooking yeah. up dishes that I was normally order. Like a restaurant, like I never cooked chicken Vosuvio before and I decided to learn how to do it and I did it. It was fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Most definitely.
0: And is it as easy as it looks just following a recipe or does it still take a little bit of skill to do it right, even though there's instructions?
2: You know, everyone could 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 follow the recipes, as, as you said. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to come up with your own. You know, touch and technique, oh, yeah.
0: and <laughs>
2: you, you know what I mean. Like, just certain amount of of uh, spices you can use, or certain, you know, you you kind of you kind of change up things. You you, mm. you might want to add this or, or remove that. You know what I mean? So you can. It, it's easy to cook. Cooking is not hard. It's just a matter of. Finding your recipe, yeah. or which, how you want it to taste.
0: Yeah. And everybody needs their family recipe. And I think, particularly, that's quite an Italian thing, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yes. And, and they don't have anything written down. So yeah. you just kind of learn and figure it out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you had the chance to change the world, what would be the first thing you'd do?
2: Well, you know, I, I would say uh, that's a great question. Um. Uh, and I think. I think, the, I, I think one thing I think we could change or at least help out in the changes is, is help out with the homeless and, mm-hmm. and hungry population. You know, I think that would be great to get less people hungry and more people uh, with the homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would definitely change the world at, at least in a good way right
0: <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> yeah apart from like there'd be like a few people complaining about it but really i think there right. is actually enough food in the world it's just that for some right. reason we're not giving it to people
2: we're not getting it out to, to who needs it exactly
0: yeah. and i guess homelessness as well is something that we just seem to have accepted now you just right. expect to see somebody sitting right on the floor with a cup
2: yeah right and I, I just for me it's just like, come on, we could do something I mean yeah. as a society, I mean how many thousands of years have we lived and it's just like we still got people homeless. I mean yeah. we, we can of do something, you know I think that's the one that the one thing that people could see for themselves, mm. right? You know, the homeless, the hungry, the other stuff that you could change the world, you don't see as much. But I think yeah. that's the one where you could actually see it for yourself.
0: Yeah, I don't really understand why they can't just guarantee everyone somewhere to mm-hmm. sleep at night, even if it's the most right. basic place. It's better than being right. on the street. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And in your life, do you have ways that you lead a peaceful life and methods, I suppose? Sure.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I think the biggest one or the um, biggest method I use is uh, I go I live by the uh, golden rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's so important. I think when when people do that, you know, you know, if you treat others the way you want to be treated, I think we go a lot further along as far as for a peaceful life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and another rule I like to live by is to be honest with people and not mm-hmm. just with people, but with yourself uh, as well. Right, And try not to hurt anyone with your honesty. You know, I mean, some people are brutally honest and hurt yeah. people, you know, and I think you could be honest without actually hurting someone.
0: Yeah. And I suppose honesty is something that, you know, it sounds easy, but yeah, a lot of people not. need to learn it because we probably tell hundreds of lies a day that are so small right. that we don't really think right. about it.
2: Right. And, and, you know, they always say that, um, you know, life is 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 crazy like that because yeah. you know people always say i want the truth but they mm. really don't want to hear the truth right yeah so and, and that's part of the other problem is like you know honesty is is great but at the same time a lot of people don't want to hear it and can't handle it
0: yeah and i suppose if you lie you're just going to dig yeah. yourself into a bigger hole if it's something right. serious you're lying about
2: right that's why i say be honest not just to people but to yourself as well yeah. Absolutely.
0: And then I suppose sometimes in like criminal dramas, there are people that are innocent that still mm-hmm. lie right. for some reason, and then right. they just end up making themselves look guilty and it completely right. messes them up and stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's just like, well, if you had just told the truth to start with, you wouldn't be in disgust to begin with.
0: And this is a bit of a deep question, really, but mm-hmm. how would you define life itself exactly?
2: Um, that's a great question. I think, I think, uh, I would define it as I would say life is like a big novel Mm. chapter after chapter of your life until the final chapter is written. Right. And then in between the chapters, one can make life any way they want it to be. And what I mean by that is you can either choose to live life with the outlook that the glass is half full or half empty. I personally try to live my life with the glass as half full mm. I prefer to be optimistic and have a positive outlook in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's always the best way to mm-hmm. always be hopeful.
2: Right. Optimistic. Yeah. Yep.
0: Although apparently the secret to happiness is to lower your expectations, which is kind of a bit of a contradiction, I always feel.
2: Well, I mean, if you lower the expectations, you won't set yourself up for uh, what what do you call it? uh, Disappointment. Yeah. So if you you don't, so putting something up too high where you can't reach the goal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't look at things as being half uh, half full.
0: Yeah. And just quickly, what would you say are the things that are most dear to you in your life?
2: Oh, sure. I would definitely say my uh, family and friends are most dear to my life. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. I think that's what makes a person is their family and friends. Yeah. And then I would say my laptop is also pretty dear to me. I mean, that's where I do my writing and my communication. And my last thing that I would say is dear to me is my Movado watch. And the reason it's dear to me is it's more of a symbolic reminder of that point in my life where I had a very successful year financially with work and investments. And I bought the watch to symbolize my and remind myself that I am capable of success.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, lastly, just before we go, what message Mm -hmm. would you want to give out to the readers of your new book, Desire for Love?
2: I would tell my readers that, uh, you know, you should enjoy what life has to offer. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, try to live with an optimistic viewpoint, and when one can do that, they can lead a good life for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. where are we able to check out your book if we'd like to have a little flick through the pages?
2: Sure. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on uh, Barnes and Noble and uh, Apple, Apple, uh, iTunes, and Google Play uh so and there's many other smaller places but those are the main ones that someone can check it out
0: great well thank you very much for joining us on the show this afternoon it's been great having you here
2: thank you so much have a wonderful day
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer
0: Mit navn er Anders Mogentarder. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og for det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er alt alle de der podcast, og forklarer mig om der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige
1: Show